you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Stack Conversations a podcast community that facilitates conversation around exploring and expanding what it means to live at the intersections of being a sassy, soulful, and spiritual individual. I'm your host, Tierney Jordan, and I have curated this digital sacred space for us to be our sassy, soulful, and spiritual selves together. I'm glad that you joined me on your favorite podcast platform for this week's episode. Before we kick off today's show, I want to share a few ways you can join the Sassy Soul Pod community. You can follow us on Instagram at Sassy Soul Pod. You can join our Facebook group by searching Sassy Soul Conversations. We really appreciate it when you subscribe, like, and leave a review of the podcast. All of the ways that you choose to support are greatly appreciated. If you have any questions you would like me to answer on future episodes of the show, please feel free to send an email sassysoulpod at tyrannyjordan.com. All of this information is available in the show notes, so I look forward to connecting with you soon. All right, now that we've gotten all of the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into this week's episode. Sassy, soulful, and spiritual. We're gonna have a sassy soul This week, joining us for a sassy conversation, we have Carmen Reed. I met Carmen OMG like a bajillion years ago. We were at least in like what middle school or high school or something like that, and um, it's been a joy to watch her journey. We were on similar journeys through seminary at the same time, even though in different places, both in the Metro Atlanta area, and watching her come into her ministerial career, continuing to sing and blow the people faces off like all the time. And so I am happy to have her here with us in the Sassy Silversation community today. So Carmen, please tell the people a little bit about who you are and a few of the things that you're most passionate about. 
Thank you, Tierney. Yes, it is true. We met a bazillion years ago. <laughs> um, we were back in high school, actually. And Tierney's sister was my high school best friend um, and still a friend for life. Um, and so, yeah, we've been through seminary journey together, actually, um, at the same time. Um, but a little bit about me. I am Carmen Reed. I am Sam and Christie's youngest daughter. <laughs> I'm Sierra's baby sister. And I love God. That's pretty much about me. I sing a little. I preach a little. Um, but above all, I just love God and I love helping and encouraging God's people. So that's me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And yes, four, seven, eight, you know, we met in making always making forever, like to the to the core, the depths, the deepest of me. But um, as a fun way to kind of introduce you to the show, we're going to do a quick game of like this or that. So I'm going to throw a few things at you and you just let us know which ones you prefer and why. And so like you don't have to, you know, tell us your deepest, darkest secrets or nothing. This is going to be real, real lighthearted. So the first one is Mac or PC? Mac. <laughs> um, Mac because I currently have a Mac now. And anytime I had a PC, I would like the dog on PC would get a virus every week, I felt like. So we had to clean it every week. So Mac is life for me. I am also a Mac girl. I just like my iPad to talk to my computer, to talk to my phone. It just feels like my life is working in harmony when I can read my text messages on any of my devices. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. So, next, phone call or text message? Please text me. <laughs> Please text me. I, <laughs> I'm the type of person where, like, only close people who know me know me can call me, like, at random like if we have to have a phone call you got to schedule that bad boy because i'm liable to just watch it rain i'm so sorry about that <laughs> no that is no need to apologize i would definitely wa i watch my phone ring but i also watch my text messages sit there so with me it's like a hit or miss like it just depends on my mood and it depends on the day and it's hilarious um okay next coffee or tea Ooh, this is kind of hard for me because I love coffee in the morning, but I love tea in the evening. So can I say both? Because I do love both. And I and when, you, and when you say tea, do you mean like hot tea or you mean like sweet tea, like Georgia Southern girl? No, like hot tea. Like oh, okay, okay. I am addicted to the medicine ball tea at Starbucks. Like I will go get that every day if I allowed myself to. But I've actually, fun fact, uh, googled uh, a copycat like recipe for it. So now I make it every single day, every day. Okay. That's cool. Me and Duncan, we have a thing going on. So I'm a coffee girl, like large hot coffee with caramel. If you, if you ever see me somewhere and you bring me one, you're going to be my friend for life. Like that's how I get down with my coffee. <laughs> okay. And then last one, are you a saver or a spender? Contrary to popular belief, I'm actually a saver. I always save money for rainy days. Always. That's just my personality. But I can spend too. Like when it's time to spend, like if we're going shopping, Carmen gonna shop. But when it's time to like, okay, let's put this aside, like rain it in, I'm definitely a saver. <laughs> hey, that's cool. I um I'm similar. I can 
I put my money away when I'm supposed to put it away when I get paid. But after that, I'll best her off. Like, whatever my free money is, like, I'm going to get all the things, literally all the things. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you for sharing a little bit about who you are with us. And so, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about who we are here at Sassy Conversations. We are committed to exploring and expanding what it means to navigate the world at the intersections of being sassy, soulful, and spiritual. And so I'm just going to tell you what those words mean for us and ask you if you feel like you embody them. Yes, no, maybe so. Um, And so for us, sassy is like that woman is sass, that she has a little bit of kickback and she has a personality and an opinion in the things that she's saying and when she enters into a room. And so I feel like sassy is a part of my personality and I wanted us to be able to incorporate that in the ways that we think about our spirituality. And so I was just wondering if you think that you are sassy and if so, how do you feel like you embody that sass? Yes, I think I'm sassy. Um, I kind of, honestly, I had to grow in, grow into it um, because because of my context, being sassy wasn't, you know, a thing to be. It was kind of frowned upon. Um, and so I do kind of identify, well, through seminary, I learned how to identify as womanist or even womanish, you know, in the beginning. So um, I do think I am sassy because a part of the, you know, womanist definition, you know, loves to dance, love the folk, loves roundness. Like, that's definitely me. And so I was so grateful when I learned, like, the full definition of that term because it was like the heavens had opened and I could finally identify with something. And I didn't have to put my spiritual side, you know, off on the back burner. I, I didn't have to lay down my Jesus in order to embody who I was as a woman. So I love how I could just merge those two. And so if seminary didn't teach me nothing else, it definitely revealed to me that I was definitely womanist and sassy and all those things. And I could be proud to be those things. So sassy I am. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And I think that um, my seminary journey taught me to lean into my sassy. So like, you know, you kind of know it's there. It's in the background. But people are like, hmm you being a little spicy today and seminary taught me that it was okay to show up as my full self in all of the spaces that I encounter so it's like I don't have to put these little pieces of me in certain little boxes but I can be all of tyranny everywhere that I go so yeah I I like that and I'm I'm with you we here we here um and then so next is soulful so for us soulful is like being blackity blackity black like 365, 24-7, not just Black History Month, not just Juneteenth. Like, we going to be down for the folk and for the people and for the culture all the time. And so making sure that we incorporate that into our sassiness, we incorporate that into our spirituality, in the ways in which we talk about God, that God shows up in our lives. All of those things is what soulful means for us. And so do you think that you are soulful? How do you feel like you embody a soulful nature? I think so. I do think I am soulful. Um, growing up, I grew up in a very Afrocentric household, um, as in my parents were very um, into making sure that we knew that we were Black and what that meant for us, um, and to be proud to be Black, right? Um, they always encouraged us to um, go to HBCU or to like indulge in the things that made us us. So that was when I was growing up. So 
I just kind of carry that with me throughout college and even throughout my seminary journey. And even now, um, presently graduated. Thank you. Big God. Uh, <laughs> um, I've always made sure that I stay connected to who I am and how I grew up and my roots. So definitely soulful. <laughs> yes, being connected to those roots really makes a difference. It allows you to feel grounded. And so when all the different stuff comes comes and tosses you in turn, you remember where your sensory is. You remember who your folks are, who your people are, who got your back. Um, and then last but not least is spirituality. So for us, spirituality is about the journey. It's about the process of God revealing God's self to you and you being honest and truthful and revealing yourself to God, even though God already knows all the parts of you, not lying about what those parts are and what they actually look like. And so being committed to that journey, whatever it looks like through, you know, Jesus, through God, specific God language, through divine language, whatever that looks like, being committed to the journey, being committed to the seek being committed to that evolution. And so what does spirituality mean and look like for you? That's a big question, Tyranny. What does spirituality look like for me? Um, I would actually say it's a combo of things, right? So I, of course, identify as Christian. I'm a Christian. So I, that's my religion. I follow that. But I think spirituality is a little bit different um, because I think spirituality goes more with like me and God, like our relationship, like how we exercise that out. Right. Um, so for me, um, it takes on a whole different meaning for different seasons. Right. So in this season, I know God to be a comforter. I know God to be a provider, you know, in other seasons, I know God to be Lord over my life and, um, like a disciplinarian, but that's just who I know God to be, you know, (laughs) different seasons and um, different seasons reveal who God is for me. Um, so I think that's, that kind of informs my spirituality versus just my religion per se. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And it speaks to that journey aspect. So it's like right now in this part of my life, I know God to be a comforter and a provider because God has shown God's self as that. And in other seasons of my life, when I might have been out here wilding and I needed God to be a disciplinarian for me, God showed up in that way. And understanding that in different seasons, God might look a little different. God's love might look a little different. God's presence might look a little different. And being okay with that transition, being okay with those differences, right? I think also spirituality goes to show uh, like how I practice my faith. Um, for example, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the type that'll burn sage, you know, and everybody may not burn sage, right? But that's how I practice my spirituality sometimes. I'm also going to get up in the morning and have praise and worship every day. I'm also going to make sure I have like that God time morning or night. I have to get that time in with my praise and worship or just having, you know, God talk and spending time with God and God's presence. Like that's how I practice that. Right. So it takes on many different facets for me. So, and I think I've learned how to make sure that my spirituality was mine. Right. And I I think growing up, it looked a whole lot like what my parents wanted me to do and what my grandmother was taught and how my auntie used to do it. Right. But for me, I kind of, as I got older, had to figure out who God was for me. As a result, my spirituality was, um, I expressed that differently, uh, so to speak. 
Yeah, and I'm right there with you. Um, I burn incense in my house because I like I like the smoke. I like the idea of it clearing things out of here. And I like to journal as a part of my spiritual practice. I talk to God sometimes in like letters. Sometimes if I try and pray audibly or in my head, I get lost and I start thinking about other stuff. So I have to write it down. And so I think that what you said about making it yours and not letting anyone else tell you what you can or can't include in your spirituality and in your relationship with God. I think that's super, super duper important about claiming it and censoring it for yourself. Now, let's take a quick break and get into donations and ways that you can support the podcast. The first is by joining us on Patreon. We have tiers for as little as $5 a month. Our patrons receive video um, versions of the interviews. They receive ad-free versions of the podcast episodes. And they receive early access to other writings and things that I personally have going on. I want to give a special shout out to all of our patrons. Your support makes the podcast possible. You can join the Patreon community by heading over to patreon.com backslash I am Tierney J. The links to join this community and all other show details are available in the show notes. So please be sure to check those out. Alrighty, after these next few brief messages, we will jump back into today's interview. Leftovers? Or the DMV? Or house cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And so as we move on, let's talk about a few of the things that you are most passionate about. So Carmen is an educator. She's a preacher. She's a seminarian. She is all of the things. So tell us a little bit about what you do, how they intersect, all the good things you got going on over there. Thank you for that. I'm like, who is she talking about? I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah, I do do those things, right? Um, So... My roommate, who also doubles as my best friend, gave me a great way to kind of like describe myself or the things that I like, which it, which are worship, the word, and womanism. <laughs> so those are the three big things that I'm like really, really passionate about, right? So worship, I am a worship leader. Um, I absolutely love what I do. Um, I love being able to invite people into God's presence. Um, and I like people to worship with me because... Uh, my relationship with God is so personal. And so I absolutely love to worship God, but I think it's even more fun when people get to join in on that journey with me and we can just worship God in our own way together. So that's a really big thing for me. Um, The word I absolutely enjoy. (laughs) Thank you, God. That wasn't always the case. I absolutely enjoy preaching right now Um, and how I get to really study God's word for myself um, and to dive into God's promises and to, dive into so many things that the Bible has. And one of the things that seminary taught me was uh, be careful of knowing almost Bible. So I'm always like very critical of how I read the word and how I study the word, because if you read really fast, you'll miss more than you catch with the Bible. Right. (laughs) So I love the word and like taking time to actually study it for myself. I meant to read it for myself. So 
that's another big thing for me. Um, womanism, as we've just talked, um, kind of helps me to merge all of who I am with my spiritual side um, <clears throat> and to know that I didn't have to put off who I was as Carmen the woman um, or Carmen the young woman um, just because I claim to be you know, Christian, right? I could have both of those together. And I think womanism has also given me a way that I can identify myself, right? So <clears throat> like I just mentioned, like one of the definitions of womanism is one who loves to dance, loves to folk, right? Loves roundness. That's all of who I am, right? I'm, I feel like I'm everybody's homegirl, right? And I, I love being her, right? <laughs> so I think womanism kind of allows me to express that about myself. It also doesn't let me hang up my academic hat. Right. Just because I love church. I can have church and academy. I can have church and learning. Right. I can have them both because they really do need to be hand in hand, head and heart. But I think womanism allows me to do that. Yeah, I like what you said about the head and heart part. We're going to come back to that. But I want you to unpack worship for us a little bit. What does worship mean for you? How would you define that? How do how does that like play out in your life and your your sassy, your soulful, your spiritual, all of those coming together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so worship is very a sacred time for me uh, when I'm worshiping God. For me, worship means... Um, when you give all of your adoration and your devotion to one thing, right? Or to something or someone. Um, like, I feel like I'm a nat natural worshiper, right? But if I'm not focused on God, then I could start to worship other things that are not God, that should not have my adoration or all of my attention. For example, if I'm so caught up in making sure schoolwork gets done or that um, I'm studying or writing or whatever, that can sometimes, I can start to worship that thing when I ought to be worshiping God, right? Um, <clears throat> because that's my makeup. That's who I am. But I have to make sure that I'm maintaining my focus on God so that all of my worship goes to God, right? Um, so worship is such a sacred time for me because it gives me the time uh, to really express to God how much I absolutely love God, uh, regardless of what God has done for me, right? That's just the extra stuff. But for God being who God is, right? Just off the rip, like, thank you, God, for just being who you are in my life, right? Regardless of um, the extra stuff, like, I get to buy this bag that I want. I get to live in the place that I want. Like, all those things are kind of extra. And we thank God for those things. But for simply... God being who God is, that worship is me taking the time to say, thank you, God, for just being as big as you are in my life, right? So worship for me is a very personal thing. I also remember a time in my life when I didn't know how to worship or I didn't want to worship, right? I didn't know what that looked like for me uh, because it felt like such a superficial thing that people just did in church. Like it was kind of routine, like, oh, we're going to sing a fast song and a slow song for 15 minutes, right? <laughs> and that's going to be, you know, what we call praise and worship, right? Until I got to know God for myself and actually start to take time to worship in my private moments that I knew the real definition of what worship uh, is for me, right? So it's really just me taking time out to dedicate this one moment to God, just to express to God how much I absolutely love God, just for God being God, right? So whether that's me singing to him, having some conversations with God, you know, sometimes my worship is just me being quiet and God talking to me, right? 
it can take on many different things, right? It doesn't have to look so linear or dull as I think a lot of times we make it. Yeah, I think that's really important in how the relationship that you have with God affects the worship aspect of who you are. So do you feel like your private worship affects your personal worship? So like spending that time with God by yourself in worship affects the ways in which you lead worship, which is something that you, you know, you do as a part of your ministry. Do you, do you feel like those two things affect one another? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, If I'm not worshiping at home, I can't do it in front of people. (laughs) You know, it's not like a thing that you can just like turn on. Right. Um, Like whatever I do in private is going to show up in public anyway. Right. So if I'm off and I ain't prayed up, or I'm not in my word. It's going to show up, you know, when you try to do it in front of people or try to lead God's people into God's presence, because it only works because whatever you do at home as a worship leader is only like an extension once you do it in public. You get what I'm saying? Like if I'm living a low life, you know, behind closed doors, that is going to seep out in front of God's people every single time. And I don't care how good you sing or how many highs you can hit or how many lows you can hit. Like anytime your life is off, it is going to show up in front of God's people because there'll be a disconnect, right? So I always make sure that whatever I do at home in my quiet time and how I worship, that whatever shows up in you know public or whatever, that that's only an extension of that, right? Um, I always say that it's not something that, I think a lot of times with worship leading, we can get into like this autopilot kind of thing. Like you just get up in front of people, you're going to sing your two songs and then you're going to sit down when we don't really like think of it as a moment to have with God. Right. And to make sure that the first time that you open your mouth in front of people, it's not the first time that God has heard your voice. <laughs> right. That'll be crazy because it's now it's like you're doing it for show. Right. So I always have to make sure that I'm having that quiet time or I'm worshiping at home or worshiping God in my own private time because it's not something that you can just cut on and off, right? And because God deserves more than that and God's people deserve more than that, <laughs> you know? Um, if you're going to do it, let's do it well and do it right. <laughs> yeah, doing things well is is a very important part of being ethical and moving in the ways in which you move and be in the world. And I really, I really think that what you were describing as it relates to your public worship versus that time you spent with God is an intimacy, right? So like you're developing that part of your relationship and because you and God are good, because you and God know each other and y'all on good terms, it, it shows up when you're leading other people into God's presence. It's not like, hey, God, I ain't talking to you in a month of Sundays, but let's go. Like, we're going to lead the people into your presence. And so I really I really think you were describing the intimacy. And I think that's really important to nurturing that part of your, your relationship with God so that the worship comes out in an authentic way. And um, by allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to build up that relationship, you get to that point, right? Yeah. And so something that she said earlier as you were describing your was that you're in a season now where you enjoy preaching and how that has not always been the case. Tell us a little bit about why that is, you know, navigating the intersections of your identity and how at one point that you didn't feel as strongly about it as you do now. 
Yeah, I think, so I knew I was called to preach. I'm gonna be honest. I knew something was up at like seven. I did because I, um, part of my testimony is that I had a sister who passed away and in the car accident, um, she passed away in a car accident. We were all together. But through that grieving process, I took up the role in my family as the caretaker. Um, I was always helping somebody. I was always giving an encouraging word. This was seven now, Tierney. I was seven years old. And I just knew then, like, my purpose is to help and encourage God's people. I knew then, right? Uh, And so I, I just knew something was up around seven. But I didn't have the language for it until I was about 15. And then I knew at 15, I was like, okay, yeah. I thought it was worship leading for a while, Tierney. And then I was like, no, there's something more behind this. And come to find out it was preaching. Who knew? So I think a lot of people around me knew, but I didn't have the language for it, right? So 15, I knew what is preaching. That's what it is, right? And when I was 15, I mean, what 15-year-old girl was finna walk around making and be like, oh, I want to preach. Yeah, like, let me do this, right? That ain't, nobody's trying to do that, right? <laughs> that, you know, I struggled with it a, a whole bunch because I wanted to be cool, Tyranny. And saying that you wanted to be a preacher in my context was not cool, Tyranny. So I struggled with it a lot until I got to college. And then I met the dean of the chapel at the time, um, Dr. Lisa Rhodes, who I owe my life to. She is a queen among women. She really helped me to kind of... Uh, navigate the waters of preaching and that, Hey, you ain't gotta, you know, go through this alone. Like I'll hold your hand as you figure out more, you know, about this. And so she gave me opportunities to preach and I used to dread them every single time. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to do a student expression this week. And it was so hard because a little bit of me trying to navigate the waters were me trying to figure out if I was worthy enough to do this kind of work or, you know, am I really called to do this? Like, how am I going to do this? Right. Because preaching, we hate to admit it is an all boys game, right. (laughs) You know, not a lot of women get to do it or whatever, or are respected enough um, in this work. So that was a thing for me. So I just really was like, Oh my God, this is not the business. But of course, as I got older, Um, and with the help of Chapel and Dr. Rhodes, I was able to figure out how to, you know, still be Carmen, but also allow preaching to be a part of my identity and how to express that. Right. So that college was very helpful for me. And then my senior year of college, um, I, of course, was an education major, wanted to be a teacher, had two jobs lined up. I was going to take one of them. One of them was in Atlanta. Another one was actually at a charter school in Indiana. <laughs> Girl, that was crazy. I thought I was going to move to Indiana. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, was not about to move to Indiana, but the job was there. And I really thought, you know, okay, um, I knew I was supposed to go to seminary, but I said, you know what, I'm going to teach for a little while, and then I'll go in like my 50s or something like that. You know, I was trying to bargain with God and everything. And God was like, no, ma'am, you're going to go now. Um, and God just made sure that I was going to go to seminary because he started closing doors to make sure that the only door that was open was seminary. Right. So I had to be obedient. Went to seminary and God did God's thing. Right. 
And I'm so grateful and fortunate that um, through seminary, I learned tools for the trade, right? So that preacher didn't have to be, you know, this kind of drudgery kind of thing for me. And to know and to really learn and embrace the fact that it's an honor to be a part of God's mouthpiece, right? It's an honor. It's a privilege to be able to call yourself a scribe for the kingdom, right? It is a privilege. It is an honor to be able to do this kind of work for God and to dedicate your whole life. But this is what it is, right? Whether you have a nine to five or whether you do full-time ministry, this is a full work, right? And to be able to do this, I'm honored, God, I'm really flattered by that, right? And I'm humbled by it. Um, so seminary and a little bit of college kind of helped me to kind of make sure like, or kind of grow up enough to know preaching is not, you know, drudgery is not a like, oh my God, we got to do this again, right? God, I'm actually grateful that it's not a, I have to preach. It's that I get to preach, right? So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and I think that having people in your life who help you overcome that narrative of it being an all-boys game and how, even though that is still true in some areas and some spaces of life, it doesn't have to be true in all areas and all spaces of life. And so changing that narrative from I have to preach ick to I get to preach and I'm grateful for that. I think that's that's really important and helpful language. And so as we begin to wrap this thing up, I just wanted to ask, what is your favorite scripture quote or saying and why? My favorite scripture will be, oh my gosh, favorite? would have to be Philippians chapter four, um, verses six to seven. Yeah. Uh, really all of Philippians four, to be honest, because in that, um, it's the scripture, be anxious for nothing. Right. And also if you keep reading is, um, like think on these things, things that are lovely, things that are pure, right? That is my grounding scripture for me. I say that scripture to myself almost every day, right? Because I'm an anxious person if I'm not careful, right? Um, if if I don't schedule my day out right, I can become anxious. Or if I don't make sure I get my worship time in or my God time in, my anxiety starts to build up, right? I'm also the kind of person that can have depressive stages, right? So that scripture for me, the be anxious for nothing is always God's reminder for me to like, I got you. You're always covered. You know, like you don't have to worry about anything. I always have you, right? So be anxious for nothing. Be anxious uh, for absolutely nothing, not about school, not about work, not about ministry, not about relationships, not about family issues. I always got you. And then what's so dope about it, Tierney, is that it's like, be anxious for nothing, but here's some things that you can't think on, right? <laughs> so instead of being anxious, think of things that are lovely, think of things that are pure, things that are right, holy, all these different things, right? So that's always my go-to scripture, always. Yeah, and I think that helps us to put life in perspective. And so calming those anxious thoughts, lifting up the life-giving thoughts and holding them in balance as we continue to do this journey called life, which is always sure to throw you a curveball because that's just the way it is set up and destined to be. And so we want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today in the Sassy Silver Sations community. 
What is in store for Carmen in the future? What is in store for Carmen in the future? Girl, apparently it's a surprise because <laughs> I have no idea, right? Because, and what's so crazy that, of course, I just graduated seminary. So now everybody's asking, what's next? What are you going to do? Are you going to pursue doctoral work? Are you going to do full-time ministry? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand on a street corner? Like, what's going to happen, right? So everybody's asking me that. And Tierney, I have no concrete answer. And a little bit of that scares me, but a little bit of that also excites me. Because when I was going into seminary, I had no idea what this journey would look like or what it would be. And if you would have asked 22-year-old Carmen going into seminary, like what she thought was going to happen, it's totally different from what actually happened. So, and a little bit of that I'm grateful for because it just showed that God was at work the whole time. So I'm going to let God be at work this time too. So whatever's next, I'm excited about it. And I know that God will take care of the rest. <laughs> yes, to seasons of transition that don't cause anxiety, that we don't let those anxious feelings take up and take over us. Because Period. child, the post-graduation questions, uh, what you doing next? Can I breathe? Let me breathe. breathe. Praise the Lord. Last paper. I just turned in that last paper. Like, please. Okay? Please. I just need a little rest, a little peace, a little something. Because I just, I don't know. And sometimes, like, people have good intentions, right, about that question. Because they they sometimes want to encourage you or want to support you for the next leg of the race, right? But if I don't know (laughs) where I'm running... (laughs) I just need to give me a minute, child. Give me a minute. Let me get my bearings straight a little bit. But I, all jokes aside, I am grateful and I am excited about whatever God reveals is the next move for me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything that is on your heart that you would like to share with us before we wrap up today's episode? No, but I want to say thank you for this opportunity, Tierney. Tierney, can you... Oh my God, can you believe this? Who would have thought? Who would have thought us when we were, what, 15, 16, would now be on your own podcast, your own show? Tierney, I absolutely love you, girl. I absolutely love you. (laughs) Fun fact, y'all. I knew Tierney when Tierney was Tierney Ridley. (laughs) But now she's Tierney Jordan, right? So I absolutely adore you and your family. You know that. So you always have all of my love and all of my support and encouragement. So I love you so much, girl. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. It's making me smile from ear to ear. If you're on the Patreon, you can see me literally smiling from ear to ear right now. Um, So where can the people find you? How can they connect with you and see all of the wonderful things that Carmen has going on? Yes, I love when people follow me on Instagram because I get to connect with people. So you can follow me at Instagram at lovecarmy. Um, that's love, L-O-V-E, Carmi, C-A-R-M-I-E. And you can also connect with me on Facebook at Carmen Reed. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Sassy Silversations. If you enjoyed the show, I'm asking that you please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate us and leave a review. You can connect with the podcast on Instagram at Sassy Soul Pod. Check us out over there and be sure to save, share, and comment. If you have any questions you would like me to answer on the show, any topic suggestions, or just anything in general you want to share, please feel free to send an email to sassysoulpod at tyrannyjordan.com. Again, a special shout out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. 
you make the work we do here at Sassy Conversations possible. If you would like to join our Patreon community and receive access to ad-free versions of the podcast, check us out over there at patreon.com backslash I am Thank you so much for hanging out with the Sassy Conversation community today. Continue to be sassy, soulful, and spiritual in all the things that you do. Bye. Spiritual We're gonna have a sassy song